so good to see all of you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and begin our study for tonight. Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Galatians, chapter 4. Galatians, chapter 4. And we're going to start reading at verse 21, and we're going to read through verse 31. This is a uh, rather challenging section of Scripture. The entire chapter, chapter 4, is pretty challenging. Uh, but we're going to do our best to try to tackle it and understand it and hopefully learn some things from it here tonight. Galatians chapter 4, starting at verse 21. Let me pray for the reading of his word here tonight, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again for this opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord. I thank you, God, for those that are have shown up here tonight on a Wednesday night, Lord Jesus. I know that it's difficult. It's, uh, it's a work in the middle of the work week, in the middle of the school week. Our bodies are tired. We're exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, and uh, having to do all of our chores, preparing dinner, and all the stuff that has to do with life, Lord, on the weekday. And I thank you, Lord, that in spite of all that, here we are in church, worshiping, praising, giving you honor and glory. And Lord God, we pray that you would minister to us through your word as tired or as exhausted or as occupied as we may be. Lord, help us to be ministered to by your word here tonight. Again, I ask for your help as your servant to be able to speak your word here this evening, Lord. And we pray, Father, for those that are watching us online, that you would bless and encourage them, minister to them. Help them, Lord God, not to be distracted by things that are going on in their homes or in their offices or wherever they may be. And we even pray for those that perhaps are going to be watching this later on, Lord God, in the week or later on in the month, Lord, that they would be blessed, that it would be fresh and new and encouraging to them. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Very good. Okay, Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through 31 says this. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, who you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Now again, very challenging section of Scripture here. And we began looking at this section of Scripture last week, and we learned that the Bible mentions that Abraham had two sons. Abraham's firstborn son is Ishmael, 
and Abraham's second-born son is Isaac. Ishmael's mother, is her name is Hagar, and Isaac's mother, her name is Sarah. Let me read our text in Galatians chapter 4, verses 22 and 23 again. Listen to what it says. It says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. So in Galatians 4.23, it tells us plainly that the birth of Ishmael was of the flesh, while the birth of Isaac was from divine promise or by God. And we learned last week that Ishmael's birth was of the flesh because Abraham and Sarah chose to doubt God about a promise that God had made to them. God promised Abraham and Sarah that God would give him and Sarah a son. Listen to this promise found in Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. It says this, After this, the, lo- the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Do you believe that God is your shield and that God is your reward? Do you consider yourself blessed because you belong to the Lord here tonight, church? This applies to all of us who belong to God. Okay? It says here, I Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood, will be your heir. This is the promise that God gives to Abraham. You're going to have a son, Abraham. you got to be patient. you got to believe. you got to trust in me. Don't be afraid. Don't be tripping. I'm I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to do what I'm telling you I'm going to do. Verse 5, he took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now, believe it or not, church, this is, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but you and I are part of that offspring because we were birthed from the, from, we are descendants of Jesus Christ because we are born again through the blood of Christ. Can you say amen, church? So we are actually descendants fulfilling this promise here, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, okay? But sadly, instead of trusting God, we learn that Abraham and Sarah saw that they were getting older and older. How many of you are getting older and older? I'm in denial. I'm not getting older and older. No, no, no. I'm getting sexier and sexier, okay? But if we're truthful with one another, we're all getting older and older. Abraham and Sarah were realizing that they were getting older and older, and older, and older. I'm going to say again, they're getting older and older. And so, uh, you know, um, Abraham, as he was getting older, he was taking his Viagra. And, uh, you know, even when he wasn't in the mood, Sarah would put on her sexy lingerie to get him in the mood. Okay, and, and but no matter how hard they tried, Sarah did not get pregnant. They were getting older and older, 
They were hooking up every night, but she would not get pregnant. Sadly, they got in their flesh and took matters into their own hands. And we learned last week that Sarah allowed Abraham, her husband, to sleep with their slave or servant girl, Hagar. Hagar got pregnant. She had a baby boy, and they named him Ishmael. Galatians 4.23 tells us that Ishmael is a son of a slave woman and born according to the flesh, not according to the will of God or the promise of God. This was not the way God had planned it for Abraham and Sarah. They messed up. They blew it. They didn't trust the Lord. They didn't wait on the Lord. They took matters into their own hands. They started doing their own thing. And you and I have to learn from this church, let's put our trust and hope in God. No matter how crazy things look, no matter how dangerous things look, God says, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. It doesn't matter that things don't look good right now. You keep trusting in the Lord. And sadly, the Bible also tells us that there would always be hostility between Ishmael and his brothers. Genesis chapter 16, verses 11 and 12 says this. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. In other words, very stubborn, very, very stubborn, very harsh, very difficult to get along with, very difficult to make any kind of treaties or peace or any kind of negotiations. I mean, just very, very stubborn, rebellious. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Always fighting, always arguing, always getting into all kinds of mischief. And he will live in hostility, hostility toward all his brothers. And we learned last week that Ishmael ended up having 12 sons. Genesis chapter 17, verses, verse 20, makes reference to this. It says, uh, makes reference to uh, 12 rulers that will come from Ishmael. Let me read it to you. Genesis chapter 17, verse 20, says this. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. In Genesis chapter 25, the Bible is very, very clear, very specific on all these details. Verses 12 through 16, it actually lists the names of Ishmael's 12 sons. Why? Because God always keeps his words. He told Ishmael, he told Abraham that Ishmael will have 12 kids. And guess what? He had 12 kids. In Genesis 25, verse 12, it says this. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Ishmael whom Sarah's slave, Hagar, the Egyptian, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael listed in the order of their birth. Nabayath, the firstborn of Ishmael. Kedar, Abiel, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tema, Jeter, Nafish, and Kerema. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the twelve tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. And we also learn that Ishmael's 12 sons 
have become today 22 nations that today make up the Arab League of Nations. Can we show that map, please? Just as a reminder, a refresher of the 12 League of Nations that exist today, all descendants of the 12 children of Ishmael. So here we have 22 nations that make up today, currently in 2021, the Arab League of nations or countries. And the Bible is clear and tells us that Ishmael's birth was of the flesh of man's will and not of God's will. Let me read it again so that it could sink deep down into our hearts. Galatians 4.22 For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh. But his son by the free woman was born as a result of divine promise. And I believe that we can all agree that the hostility that exists between the Arab League of Nations and Israel affects the whole world today. Would you guys all agree with me? Can you say amen? If you watch the news, you would agree that this Arab League of Nations is in constant strife against Israel even today. And uh, I want to show just one aspect of this uh, aggressiveness that's going on that involves the nation of Iran. If you've been watching the news, uh, you've been, if you've been keeping up with it, you know that right now there's a lot of controversy because of Iran's partnership with China. But let's watch this really short clip right here of this, uh, of a current event that's going on right now, okay? Um, with regard to uh, Iran, uh, President Biden has been uh, very clear in saying that uh, if Iran comes back into full compliance with its obligations under the JCPOA. Uh, the United States uh, would do the same thing. Uh, and then we would use that uh, as a platform uh, to build with our allies and partners uh, what we call a longer uh, and stronger agreement and to deal with a number of other issues that are deeply problematic in uh, the relationship uh, with Iran. Uh, but we are uh, a long ways uh, from that point. Uh, Iran is... Um, out of compliance uh, on a number of fronts, and uh, it would take some time, should it make the decision to do so, for it to come back into compliance and time for us then to assess uh, whether it was meeting its obligations. So we're not, uh, uh, we're not there yet, uh, to say the least. Um, and then with regard to uh, uh, how we would engage this issue if Iran decides to come back into compliance, uh, I can tell you that we will, um, we will build a, a strong team uh, of experts, and uh, we will bring to bear different perspectives uh, on the issue. Uh, we this uh, this is something I would say this across the board. By the way, um, one of the things that I feel very strongly about is that in any of the issues we're engaged on, in any of the issues that we're tackling, uh, and that our foreign policy has to confront, uh, that uh, we are constantly questioning our own assumptions and premises. Uh, that we, uh, we do not engage in, in groupthink, <laughs> that there is uh, as much um, self-criticism and self-reflection as uh, we get from, appropriately, uh, the outside, whether it's from, from you or whether it's from people who disagree with the policies we're pursuing. So I think you can expect uh, to see that as we move forward, both with regard potentially to Iran uh, and, for that matter, to just about any other issue we, we tackle. Thank you. All right. So this is just with the nation of Iran, okay? Now, if you haven't been keeping up, what's happening is China is establishing a partnership with Iran. You know, when it comes to the Middle East, how many of you would agree 
At any moment, we can go into World War III. How many of you understand what I'm saying? I mean, that place is so hostile. It is so controversial. It is so crazy. All the interactions. And now you got China going into the mix of this. Russia's been involved. North Korea's been involved. But now China's involved. And China is a very dangerous uh, country. And uh, just to... Uh, I want to show uh, the picture, of the second picture of the Middle East. Can we put that up there? Now, what China wants to do, believe it or not, is they want to establish a military base off of Iran's coast in the Persian Gulf. And if you look there, uh, on, in the country of Iran, I forgot to bring my pointer. I apologize. Those of you online would not be able to see it anyway. If you look at the country of Iran, which is to the right of the map there, Right next to, on the coast of Iran, is the Persian Gulf. Who knows what goes on in the Persian Gulf, in the Persian Gulf there? That's oil transports. If China, if China puts a military base in that, in that area, and they start shutting down uh, that, that Persian Gulf, there is going to be some major, serious problems around the world. How many of you understand what I'm saying? This is the potential of some very serious things happening. Why? Because there's always going to be that hostility between these nations. But in our text, the Bible also tells us that Isaac, his birth was from Sarah, who was a free woman and was a child of divine promise, meaning that Isaac's birth was in the will and plan of God. So now we're going to talk about Isaac's birth. We spent some time about Ishmael and the controversy with Ishmael and how he's grown into 22 nations that are hostile, not only to Israel, but to the world. But now let's talk about Isaac, the son of promise, so that we could break this down even more. In Galatians chapter 2, chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, it says this, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, which is Ishmael. But his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. And it's talking now about Isaac being born to Sarah. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 22, I want to track how Isaac's birth came to place. So let's kind of track now Isaac's life. And it's going to take a little bit of reading, but I need for you to try to follow me as we track now Isaac's life. We've tracked Ishmael's life. Now we're going to track Isaac's life. In Genesis chapter 17, starting at verse number 1, it says this. When Abram was 99 years old. Everyone say 99. Do you know anybody that's, does anybody here know anybody that's 99 years old? Anybody personally in your family or anything? Not a single hand. Madeline says not yet. Okay. Maybe Saul raises his hand. Maybe. Okay. Abraham was 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you. And kings will come from you. 
I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole, listen to this, verse 8, the whole land of Canaan, which is where Israel is today, the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You, you are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham faced, fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. Now, I know that I'm doing a lot of reading, but I want to make sure that you guys understand what's going on here. The same message was given to Sarah, the wife of Abraham. We continue this story in Genesis chapter 18. Follow along with me as I read, starting in Genesis chapter 18, starting at verse 1. It says this, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seas of the finest flour 
and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah, they asked. They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Church, is anything too hard for the Lord? No way, church, no way. I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, tells us about the birth of Isaac. Genesis 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When the son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Church. Does God keep his promises? Can you say amen? He always keeps his promises. That's why we have to trust in the Lord. Again, no matter how desperate, no matter how crazy, no matter how irrational, no matter how many enemies are around us, we need to put our faith and trust in the Lord. Sadly, Abraham and Sarah, they blew it. They got desperate. They tried to force things. They made a mistake. But now God came through. He, he fulfilled his promise. And they have their son. And his name is Isaac. And here's where we have a problem or a challenge. Let's go back to our text and listen to what it says later on in chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verses 28 through 31. Here now we get into the challenging part of this. It says here in verse 28 of Galatians chapter 4, which is our text. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. It's speaking to those of you, those of us who are Christians. You, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. Verse 29. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Now we got to break this down. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 29, it says this. At that time, 
the son born according to the flesh, which is Ishmael, persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit, which is Isaac. And it says this, it is the same now. Church, let me ask you a question. We just saw some, some pictures and some clips. Is, are the descendants of Ishmael still persecuting the descendants of Isaac to this day? Is that still going on to this day? The answer to that is yes. It is still going on even today. That's why it says this. It is the same now. No matter when now is, whether it's yesterday, today, or tomorrow, it's always going to be hostility between Ishmael and and Isaac, even today, the Arab nations or the children of Ishmael are desperately striving to claim the promise of blessing over Isaac and Israel. That's why there is constant conflict in the Middle East over whose land the land of Israel belongs to. The Israelis say it belongs to them, and the Arab nations say it belongs to the Palestinians. Both claim that it is their right because both claim to be descendants of Abraham. Both claim that it is their right because both Ishmael and Isaac were circumcised. The descendants of Ishmael say it belongs to them because Ishmael was the firstborn son of Abraham and not Isaac. Not only is there conflict between Ishmael and Isaac over the ownership of the land, but also over faith. The Muslim community claims that their legit they claim their legitimacy by tracing the lineage of Muhammad back to Ishmael. And they claim that Ishmael is a child of promise and therefore Muhammad is a true prophet versus Isaac being the true uh, child of promise, making Isaac uh, the true prophet, so, or Jesus a true prophet. And so this is where it, it gets even into the Muslim faith, that it's not Isaac, but it's Ishmael. Why? Because Ishmael was the firstborn, and Ishmael was circumcised, and and we could trace Ishmael's birth all the way back to Abraham. But, again, listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 30. It says this, But what does the Scripture say? How many of you know that regardless of people's opinions or people's attitudes or people's philosophies or people's theologies or people's points of view... You have to go back to what does the Scripture say? What does the Bible say? It says here in Galatians 4.30, But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. The Bible tells us that Hagar's son will never share in the inheritance with Sarah's son. Ishmael will never share in the inheritance with Isaac. And God was very clear in Genesis chapter 17, verses 18 through 21. Let me read that again. It says this, And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him. Let me read that again. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. How many of you would agree that everlasting means forever? Can you say amen, church? And it's with Isaac, verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. 
He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. Verse 21, this is God speaking. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Let me say that again. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. God himself is saying two places in Galatians that there will never be any any of these promises given to Ishmael, it's only to Isaac, and his covenant is only with Isaac and not with Ishmael. Can you put that map up really quick, please, of the uh, Arab nations? Just really quick. I want to make reference to it. And then i got to read one more section of Scripture. And we're gonna... Okay, now, church, I want you to understand this. No, 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 not the, the, uh, the first one. The first, that one right there. Look at all, all that or- and orange belongs to Ishmael. And poor Isaac... All he gets is that little tiny yellow piece of land right there called Israel. And Ishmael still isn't happy. They got 22 whole countries. But they still are angry and mad and upset because they want that little tiny piece of yellow land right there called Israel. Amazing. Doesn't make any sense. But that's the reality of what we face today. One final scripture, and this is going to be, this is sounds going to, it's going to sound kind of cold-blooded, but this is the way it is. Genesis chapter 22, starting at verse 1. I want you to count how many times the Bible says here, your only son. I want you to count, okay? Genesis chapter 22. And if you want, you can count how many times the Bible says the name of Isaac. So your only son and Isaac. Genesis 22, verse, not, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its, thor- by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. 
So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together to Beersheba and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. we got to bring this to a close, but here's my first question. First of all, how many times... Did you hear the words, your only son? How many times? Anybody want to guess? Three. Three times. Okay. How many times did the name Isaac appear? Does anybody want to take a guess? It was six times. I counted them before I got up here. That's why I know. All right. Six times. Kept saying, your only son and Isaac. Here's a question. Was Isaac Abraham's only son? Was Isaac Abraham's only son? The answer is no. Because remember Ishmael. But because Isaac was the son of promise, and because Isaac was the one that he made a covenant with, God recognized only Isaac as Abraham's only son. Why is this important? Because the Muslim people say this, that the Bible says that when this was written, or the Muslim people say that when this was written, the theologians say that when this was written, it was written before Isaac was born, and the only son was Ishmael. Why? Because they want to connect Muhammad to Ishmael. And then they said, they say, or they teach, that God made a mistake and he put Isaac's name in here six times instead of Ishmael's name in here six times. So church, why is this important? Because we have to go by what the scriptures say and not by what we want to create in our own minds or in our own imaginations or in our own philosophy or in our own theology. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying here? Can you say amen? Okay, we're going to have to end right here. But we now know that God's covenant is with Isaac, the son of divine promise, and not with Ishmael, who was a son of the flesh. And we're going to connect this all next Wednesday when we come back together again. Ishmael is blessed. We saw how Ishmael was blessed, 22 nations. But he was a son of the flesh, and God recognizes only Isaac as the heir to the Abrahamic promise. And that's important because we can trace it back to our lineage as Christians. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God. We pray right now that you, Lord God, would begin to help us to make sense out of all these details that you give us in the Bible about Isaac being the son of divine promise and recognize, Lord God, as Abraham's only son, because the covenant was with Isaac and not with Ishmael. And we pray, Lord God, that you will help us to understand that your word is clear 
And your word is true. And your word is very factual. And your word is precise, Lord God. And helps us to understand how important it is that there's only one way to the Father. One way. Not many ways. Not many roads. Only one way. And His name is Jesus. And only those, only those who are connected to Jesus through the blood will make it to heaven. Help us to understand, Lord, that this applies even today because through Jesus Christ, we are descendants of Abraham and we are children of promise. And we celebrate that here tonight. If you're listening and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus and I want to do that here tonight. Just say this prayer of repentance with me right now. Just say this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. And I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sins because of the blood that was shed for me on the cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, you are a child of promise. You are on your way to heaven. All the promises in this book apply to you. And you need to celebrate that here today. And you need to believe God. Believe God that He's going to come through for you, church. God bless you. Have a great, great night. And again, the altar is open to any of you and for any of you that need prayer here tonight. Let's go to our God that fulfills His promises. Praise the Lord.